I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to the award-winning Unashamed podcast. Jace hadn't thrown that in for a while. Just, just a reminder, we are the K-Love fan podcast of the year. Uh, of the year award winner. Rainy. We, hold, we are rainy. rainy. I guess rainy. we hold it for, do we hold it for a year, Zach? Is that how long? I wonder if we're ever going to get the trophy. Cause you that know, thing weighed about you know, 60 pounds. You know, it's funny. I, I thought the same thing and I got, I just got an email two days ago and said, where do you want us to send the trophy? Ah. Yeah. So, yep. So huh. I, I, we're going to put it somewhere, right? I'm trying to look at right by that unashamed somewhere on that, bookshelf yeah we got to put it on the shelf back there yeah we'll put it next to that is that a duck or a goose that i'm looking at that's a it's right below no that's a goose that's a goose oh yeah here's a speckle belly we may move we may move the uh now i'm looking to the side because i have a monitor right here if you wonder so that i can see better i think we might put it right there where the encyclopedias are at we might replace the encyclopedias and I you know the encyclopedias were an homage to Dad's research. That's how he does his research and development. Well, he could go right top there with the. Yeah, uh, I like the, the encyclopedias. Phil is trying to bring those back, <laughs> but I just don't think I wouldn't invest in that business. No, Phil. I wouldn't be so bold as to say you can put them on the shelf for everybody to see them. No, yeah. I just do that. You know, when you get in the bind and you want to see what you yeah. something happen. Well, that's your version of the internet. Well, because yeah. at your house, they're on the floor. They're they're literally right there on the floor by the fireplace. They're on. They're not on a shelf, if I remember correctly. Correct. The the encyclopedias are just stacked here. up on the floor. Yeah, yeah. close close to three or four steps. Why to get over there and look? <laughs> yeah, somebody run off with one of them, so I I can't find anything that begins with C or whatever it was. <laughs> See, somebody done scarfed up C, so I get to that, and I'm out on that one. A, B, D, E, F. I said, whoa, whoa, here. There's a hole in Dad's research. Looking for C, never found it. That's funny, Phil. So you know all about history concerning anything except things the letter that started C. with the Start letter C. C. I'm just quiet. Nothing. So, 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 Dad. So we were we flew in from um, we had an appearance in Vegas, and so we flew in late Saturday night, and we had been just having this whole discussion on the plane because it, it was very confusing. I admit, and it was really confusing, Mom and Dad, because we were flying two hours to pacific time and then back so you know you had a two-hour time change going out there going backward in time and then coming back we were going back forward and then also it was daylight savings time on top of that which was actually to our advantage because we had this super long all-day trip to do this event so you'll know but i've spent the last three days trying to rectify what some fool did on, okay, we're over here. We, we went across, we're, we're across the mountain range. Okay. That's another hour ago. And you, and, and so you've been recovering. Before you get back, you got to drop an hour, cut an hour out. Well, we come rolling in about 11 o'clock, but actually it was 10 o'clock. So I get over there, you know, and I'm going around, but I notice I got clocks up on the wall and it was the biggest mess. I, I didn't get the job done. I said, well, forget the time. You know, forget all this, these, these little arrows where it's pointed. And I had Dan, Dan that came down. I got a computer in his left hand, and he's going around. And But he it took his computer to get it all lined out. Now it's it's 10 o'clock. All of them say the same thing. I said, whoo. Took three days to figure it out. But I knew I knew this was going to happen. So I so on the plane I was like, okay, Dad. So Joe Jersey Joe is taking you and Mom home because it was late night, and we've had issues before with Mom and Dad late night. So there's they have to have somebody get them home now. But I said let Joe go in and change all your clocks because if not, you're going to wind up sitting for an hour and a half in front of your teaching thing on tomorrow morning because I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. So next day, I check on them. 
And of course, dad's sat in his truck for I'm an hour and a half. I'm in my truck for one hour <laughs> because I misinterpreted, you know, taking that hour away somehow. So I pull up. I said, I said, boy, don't look like many people showing up this morning. But I was the only car in the, in the whole parking lot. And so I looked around. And I said, well, you know, I'm sitting here by myself. You know, I, I took my pistol, got it ready, got it in my lap. And I just sat there. <laughs> so <laughs> after a while, a vehicle pulled up. I said, "Well, maybe." So, so here I wanted my, to tell my the truck story. Clock was saying that well, I was an hour off too. Well, I didn't <laughs> remember to get out there and get in your trucks and change that one. So that was an hour. But I, I said, "Boy, so we got That's a free just hour, huh? It's a free hour. It's the one mm. moment in time besides when you fly f- back from Atlanta." to Monroe that you yeah, experience you get that hour the back. eternal God because you take off at 1015 and you land at 1015. You That's see? not good for the human mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me, let That's me give I it know a There's going to be no clocks in rules heaven. The time. So it reminds me of that old, that old rock and roll song. Does anybody really know what time it is? <laughs> Chicago. Well, there no, you go. Not any of it. I mean, it's just well, God knows. Arrows, yeah, Arizona. But but the way we count time, human beings, it's a it's a crazy way to count time. Yeah. Especially you say, well, I know that's been for twelve months. That's been ten minutes after two. But right as of right now, okay, now it's it's an hour earlier. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's really not. We just <laughs> really try not. to wrap our heads around it by yeah, attaching. Yeah, it's not real. Numbers. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. And we thought I thought Congress was our great Congress <laughs> was supposed to fix all this by passing the Sunshine Protection Act. That's what so I the heard. Senate, the Senate passed it. The House didn't. Shocker. Phil, this you should last go year. to you should go to Washington and present your idea. Of time. Of time. I, I think it's great. I think there's five of them. Yeah. You have the middle of the night, before daylight, sun up, Mid- midday. Mid-morning. Yep. Yeah, Mid-morning. midday. And right before dark. Yeah. That's basically what you use. That's what I That's use. your five. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something that could unify people, too. I think this is, I always look for things. What can we rally around? What can we agree on? But this is I am, something we I'm can agree probably on. one of the fewer uh, individuals who never got around to buying a watch. No. Or, see, I just, they said, well, what time do you want me to be there? I say just before daylight, just after daylight, <laughs> you know, late in the evening, just before dark, just yeah. after dark. The problem is on up in the morning. Every time I've ever met you, though, in town somewhere, it was always confusion. I know it. There was no time. I've had a big time. By a big time, I've had a hard time <laughs> fooling with time. Yeah, because I've noticed if if Phil shows up, no it matter may what, be me. What what time it is? If you know, he'll just leave. And so I was trying to explain that to Jay because he tries to organize the duck hunts, and he'll say, "Okay, everybody, you know, be there at five thirty, but Phil will get here at five fifteen and leave." So you're like, well, yeah. it's not even 5.30 yet. But, and it feels like, well, how come y'all were late? I'm like, well, we weren't late because the meeting time was 5.30. But Phil said, no, you were late because I left without you. But I'm like, well, you left at 5.15. <laughs> you don't remember that? No, but it's I happened many times. That's one of, one of many troubles I've run into over keep counting time, keeping time. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. They, they, if you move the numbers around, you just move the move the arrows of it around. You you bump it, and you can move it a little bit. Well, you you messed up there. Well, see, I thought I had a plan because I anticipated all this. I knew it was coming, and I was even under the weather, but I knew this was coming. And so I so I had it lined up. I had Joe. He was going to do the time for you. He gets out there. And he's going to go in the house to change your clocks back for you. And mom tells Joe, she says, oh, no, 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 I can handle it. 
I'll take care of it because Phil doesn't like anybody in our bedroom. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. So my plan was thwarted because uh-huh. mom put the stiff arm to Joe. She was going to handle it. And apparently it that didn't get handled. That was a bad handled, move so. there when that woman started handling time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's the, that's the deal. But it was... I knew it was good. I just anticipated. I didn't know you were still <laughs> fighting the battle, but now you're, everything's good. All the all the clocks are where they should be, and you're good to go. Is that what I'm understanding? Overall, I'm, you know, working in in the system on how to count time. Overall, I, I'm I'm very rarely do you see me being late somewhere. No, that's true. You're you're not late. It's you're going to be early. It's a rare thing to see me late. Right. Unless you missed a memo somewhere. Yep. Well, it's interesting, Dad, because you're one of your main um, talking points when you're talking about Jesus is time, because you yep. you talk about us counting time by Jesus. So I think you're just a big picture time guy. That's the difference in you. You don't really get down to the hours and minutes. You're more of a eras or parts of the day. No, yeah, Phil's, you're, you're, Phil's more about we count time. The only time he talks about counting or time is he says Jesus. we're counting time by Jesus. You know, I think you never got past that. That's right. I didn't. Y'all ready to go to Luke 18? We've, we've, uh, well, spent quite know. a bit of, we got, we got camped out on Luke 17. I'm not going to tell you why, because <laughs> that'll create another rabbit hole. We'll, every, well, every, ra- every rabbit good. hole we've not gone down, yeah. it's been a whole podcast. Yeah. Well, we brought up this idea of prayer and kind of how it relates to God being eternal and we're not. So that kind of goes in with the time analogy. Yeah, I mean, I think about the mayflies because we see them every year. You know, they they their lifespan is one day. Let me just think about that. Yeah. So you think you got problems? I mean, their whole lifespan is twenty four hours. I mean, you see them every year in May. That's why they're called mayflies. And there's just tens of thousands of them hanging on the bushes. If you hit the bush, they just explode all over you. And they just, they only exist for one day. They go out, yeah. drop their eggs, and then die. And then the process. It's the biggest fish stuff. feeding day. The Almighty can, you know, you, you know how you feed your fish in a fishbowl? The, the Almighty constructed that one. The biggest fish feeding day in the in the year, I guess, is the day they all lay their eggs. And I mean, the fish love it. Yeah. So compared to the mayfly, I feel you're rolling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, if, you, if you think about it, when we look in the fall of the year, we wait on these big herds of ducks coming great distances, but it's all based on time. They'll, they they yeah. begin to they begin to leave. I don't know whether it's just because the weather gets so cold. It, I don't think so. I mean, even you think about the like this year, they'll walk around on ice and won't move. But most of them, but at it, some point, they're moving. They they move. It's like the uh, the study they did on the Arctic turns or whatever, where yeah. they blindfolded them. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever. And they some of them went down to the same tree that their ancestors went down. Yep. They were blindfolded. Yep. I mean, well, how how does that happen? It was just that time, and that's what they're gonna do. Oh yeah. Now you know that might have came from I don't know what. What do you always say? It's some kind of salt water. Evolving system. Oh, how yeah. they know that? But yeah. yeah, what department in saltwater came up with that? Let's uh, let's take our first break. So, Jace, one of our uh, favorite sponsors is a group called Brave Books, and not just because they have great books, but also we happen to know one of their authors quite well. My lovely wife, Missy Robertson. She's <laughs> always right. been really good about doing things for kids and. So I'm not sure how they knew that, but she wrote this book. And Phil, you'll love it. The last three words of this book is happy, happy, happy. (laughs) (laughs) So they have what they call the Freedom Island Book Club uh, from Brave Books. It's a series of books designed to instill a child's morality 
while strengthening the whole family's bond. So it's a great way to be able to share with your family. Uh, and as parents and grandparents, we're always looking for ways to encourage our families and, and to be able to teach things. Uh, of course, uh, Kirk Cameron is one of their authors. Missy, as we mentioned, uh, talks about family and many other great authors. Uh, it's a great gift item. Uh, your kids will love it to see it on Christmas morning. Subscribe to the Freedom Island Book Club at BraveBooks.com. You'll get Brave's newest book for free when you subscribe. Use the code UNASHAMED and get 20% off your subscription. That's BraveBooks.com with the code UNASHAMED for 20% off your subscription. Check them out. Great holiday gift idea. So we're talking about prayer. We're going to get back to Luke 18 today. There were we, we talked about, we led into this Luke 18 prayer by looking at the Luke 11 prayer. And the way I kind of broke it down was the first one was kind of the what we pray for when Jesus was laying out his example in Luke 11. And then I think, you know, it's the why of it is this first one about the persistence you know, why we pray, because Jay said this on a couple of podcasts ago, that this is one of the rare parables where Luke actually gives you the reason why, because it says he told his disciples to show them that they should always pray and never give up. So that's that's kind of the why of prayer. You, you don't ever want to bail. You just want to be consistent, be persistent in your prayer life. And we talked a little bit about that on exactly why he lays that out. And then he comes to this next story, uh, which we'll talk about today. Um, and I think this is more the how of the prayer is the one we get to in verse nine, because here we see an example of two different approaches to prayer. And it's kind of a consistent theme that's been coming up because you remember back in Luke 15, we show Jesus starts out, he's eating with sinners and tax collectors, and the Pharisees question that, and they've been doing that this throughout the book of Luke. And so now, in this last little vignette about prayer and sort of how you go about it, he's going to make that same comparison. So let me read it, and then we'll break it down. This is Luke 18, verse 9. Verse 9. So remember, he's just come off of the persistent prayer, and then he comes back to this in verse 9. He says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. So again, Luke gives us a little, you know, Venn diagram here of who he's talking about. Jesus told this parable. So he's aiming this at people who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. So he, he's not only making a reference argument, he's actually pointing at a guy. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So that's kind of the the layout of this so, sort of how we go about prayer, but then it's so much more than that because it also just kind of goes into the what your outlook on Jesus is and how you tend to live your life mm -hmm. and about whether I'm a self-exalter or whether I humble myself before God. Man, I think that hits to the core of a lot of us, right? I mean, that's the that's the dichotomy, by the way, of the world and life in Christ is – one is exalting self, which is futile if you think about it. But the other is the the reality is you exalt Christ and you live in that. And I, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the thing that's hard for us, though, because we because it's it you know to, to let down yourself is I guess I guess it's offensive. You know, I think we take offense to it when it's like 
it's not about you. You know, the, the big, the book that, uh, what's the guy, the uh, purpose driven life, one of the biggest books ever written. I love that first line. First line of the book is it's not about you. And it's just a great line, but it like, I think it hits to the core of what our problem is. Cause we want to make it about us when, and that's really is our problem that we're making it about us when it's not primarily about us. It's about him. And then, how we matter is who we are in him. So I love this this picture that's being painted here. This is the message, First John 1, verse, verse uh, 5. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, he's in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim, and this is interesting, if we claim to be without sin, uh, I, I can think of what I said during a sermon Sunday morning. I did mention the fact that I couldn't remember how long ago, but it's been years, years and years, Y'all here are witnesses. Y'all, I raised you, Jace, you and Al. But how many times did you ever hear me curse? How many, Al? Uh, it's after, been a long time. After Jesus? After Jesus. When's the last time you heard I, me I, I say a cuss word? Yeah, I can't remember, so that's been a while. Well... So, Decade. but, but here's, here's the problem. Children. I hate to put a time on it, Phil, since you have such a disdain <laughs> for time, but I would say decades. <laughs> yeah. So decades. So, so when I'm talking to people who are thinking about coming to Jesus and they hear me say, I said, things like cursing. I said, you can train yourself to where you don't curse anymore, ever. You just don't do it. I said, You'll get a lot further working with your neighbor if, if there's no profanity there. But if we claim to be without sin in the midst of all that, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. So he said, you, you're not going to get to where, I mean, as well, the blood of Jesus removed all of them. But if we, if we claim to be without, well, I don't cuss anymore. Well, but there may be some shortcoming somewhere else. But we all make mistakes. I think that's what he's saying. uh, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. So that tells me we all, in some form or fashion, make mistakes from time to time. I could be wrong. Then y'all hammer it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There's something about if you live the way you live because of God, and he told you that, he said, live live like that. Somehow there's a difference in that and feeling that you're better than someone else because you don't use profanity anymore. Somewhere in that, if we claim we've not sinned, we certainly have never done that. We just made a movie on it. We make him out to be a liar, God, and his word has no place in our lives. I write, it, write this to you. So you won't sin. So that's the goal. We're back where we started. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the entire world. I've often read that and said, what exactly? He, he said, your, your sins will be forgiven and you don't run around. If somebody knows you, they say, well, they know whether you're sinning or not. They can spot you a mile off. It, it'll show up. But for the ones where it doesn't show up, you're like, I don't know. I mean, first of all, don't, don't say you don't sin. But when you do sin, it's not counted against you. So somewhere in there, you need some comfort. I mean, some uh, some some. Righteous company. So we're always uh, um, really proud of Unashamed Nation, just the way you guys support us. 
And um, that hasn't, I mean, that's been seen more clearly through the blind, maybe than anything we've done so far. Yeah. Uh, Dad, I, I think you can say now safely, because you weren't sure about it going in, that it's definitely was worth it to make the movie. Would you agree? I was shocked, to tell you the truth about it, on the numbers. And it was such a good shot because it's it's changed a lot of people's lives. Now it's available, of course, on digital. And, Zach, that's probably a good thing, right? Because I know a lot of people have reached out to us wanting to use it in devotionals and, you know, uh, house churches and church settings and Sunday school classes. So now you can actually have it yourself. Oh, yeah. I get calls all the time. Hey, what's that? Give me the lines from this part of the movie or, or clips or I get, I get those calls all the time. So now, yeah, you can you can purchase a digital copy on the blaze. That's exactly right. Uh, you can own it. Uh, you can use it however you want to uh, to continue to further the kingdom, which was our, our idea by making it. Uh, you don't have to subscribe to Blaze TV. You just go to blaze TV dot com slash the blind uh, to purchase it. Uh, on digital and then watch it instantly and have it available. Uh, also, if you buy now, they're going to give you a code for 20% off all unashamed in the woods and the blind merchandise only in blaze TV stores. You get some really cool stuff and save you a little money for some Christmas gifts as well. So go to blaze tv.com slash the blind to watch the blind today. So I'll use your what your illustration is there to in to apply into this text. So so you've trained yourself and by the power of God yep. to not use offensive language. So yep. if if someone came into your house, you said, "Hey, come on in," and then they said a curse word, and you said, "Hang on, let let's pray for a minute here." Your father, I just I'm grateful that I'm not like this sad sack that just walked into my house and said a curse word because <laughs> I don't curse. And and then and you made a comparison to a guy you hadn't even met yet, or you know, he's obviously not he's still in the world, then that would be highlighting exactly the kind of attitude that Luke is laying out here for what Jesus is saying in this parable. You're not trying to elevate yourself, you're saying Hey, we want to help this guy understand how he can be better, and you can't do that by comparing yourself. I noticed I don't, I don't to I all don't, men. I don't. Uh, I'm not ashamed of somebody that comes in and they curse. I, right, because you, you, you know they they don't know. That's right. So I'm not. That's I right. I don't. I don't overreact. I mean, I hear you know you hear people cursing when you know, but I don't pay. I don't. I don't hold that against them. I, I just right. I share Jesus with them, but I don't nail them on it. In other words, you see what I'm saying? Right. Yes. And that and that's the point of the parable is that this guy in his prayer to the father is comparing himself to other people saying, I'm glad I'm not that guy. Yeah. And it's just, it's the worst possible way to present yourself to anybody, but especially to the almighty who knows you. I mean, to, to, to profess in conversation with the Almighty the sins of others uh, instead of being humble. I mean, it, to me, it, it's so egregious. Yep. It's, a bad, it's, it's, a bad, it's a bad reference point. It's always going to either uh, you're going to elevate yourself, but you're, the problem is, is that you're, if you understand the concept of human depravity, you're, you're basically comparing yourself to the bottom of the barrel so that you can be like, oh, I'm not that bad, but but in comparison to what, or com in comparison to who? One of the things that the the gospel does is it it puts you in a comparison to to who God is, and when that's your comparison, there is no elevation of self in that moment because you see His holiness, and then you see therefore your lack of of holiness and how far away you are, not just from His power. But from his goodness, and and I think that's the. I mean, where mistakes the will be made. Mistakes will be made for all the followers of Jesus. Yeah, they it's, well it's for anybody. Time. I, mean, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, that, I, I yeah, mean, we're it, all. I think the yes, but how do you reimagine? I think pure right? holiness, Jesus Christ coming the human form, and and never made a mistake. That's quite the. That's quite the reputation. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he you know, never made a mistake. And he's telling you how yeah. to live. Well, the reason I believe in Jesus, I don't think men could have could have invented Jesus. 
someone yeah. who was like that and tell the story about him on every issue that comes up. They're just about everything a human being can run into. And you well, not come out you... on the other side thinking I'm saved and my sins have been washed away. Well, I tell you, they, not, yeah, not if you combine all the prophecies and oh, just even the lineage and it, you just couldn't have. I don't, you couldn't have dreamed it up. I mean, even even people who don't believe in God do say the Bible's the greatest literary work of all time. No, they mean, you know, I'm like, well, obviously God would be the best author. <laughs> but they're like, well, we may, we may not believe it's true, but it was a great work. <laughs> it was very, very well. But, but, Jace, there's also, think about this, there's a little subtle, which we've been talking about this for the last multiple podcasts, there's a subtle little thing that he lays in here about where does this happen? Two men went up to the temple to pray. So it well, puts in this. Was, it, that's what I yeah. was going to say. See, I think we're, we already know how this ends. So we immediately jump to the end. But if you've had a panel and you had, you know, a, a con, let's just say a woman for context or whatever, who, who, you know, it was a prostitute or whatever, or even a con man. And then you got a preacher whose life is good. I mean, this guy wasn't like he couldn't back it up. There, there's giving you no impression. Well, you know, 90% of the people, would you say, which one's going to heaven and which one is going to hell? Well, we're all picking this guy in the robes over here who's quoting verses and, and, and stops the proceedings to pray and he's fasting and you because you know these tax collectors i did a little little search on that but they were notorious for being sexually immoral because they were using their money and they were getting their money from a lot of dishonest ways and cracks in the system and then using that as power to do whatever they and manipulate know, whatever people. their pleasure plus, desired plus, you plus know the sin part is this now he he kind of reaches another whole group of individuals we know this is first john 2 verse 3 we know in lieu of what we read over in uh matthew or luke we know that we have come to know him he said so you'll know if you've come to jesus we know that we if we if there's an if if we obey his commands the man who says, I know him, I know God, but does not do what he commands. Now we're in uh, another group because it's, it, it's, he's, zoning, he's zoning down and taking a close look at whether you know God or whether you don't know God uh, and determined how you behave. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. So out of all the things he could say, it is pretty amazing. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So we're reading text and uh, we read them and we get behind the one we're reading about and we say, Jesus, number one. Somehow in that, you can be a... Uh, in a safe spot, it's it's safer that that if you're known to follow Jesus, then it's uh, I don't sin. I mean, I'm not that bad, but you but you don't follow Jesus. Well, what sins you have? It may not be as many as the next man, but we all have them. Yeah. Well, he's just trying to get the system by which the more commands you keep, the more favor. You should receive, which is a wrong and I way think to look. Jace, that's right. I think, Jace, that's why the proximity is so important. Let's take another break. Well, that's what I was going to say, Al. When they, when I was doing the panel first, but I'm saying this is not even a panel. This is a church setting. You know, they went to the temple, and right. so if you had to be forced to pick out which one was going to be saved. We're not picking the tax collector, you know, the swindler who's just had a party and a harem the night before. 
You're just not picking them. That's right. You're, you're going to pick the guy. And, but, but when you start breaking down his problem, you notice he, Jesus quotes him as saying, I, one, two, how many times? Three, four, five times, or four times. Because he's like, uh, thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this here tax collector who probably, you know, was a bunch of those things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But then I think you see his twisted mind, because then, now we all know about those things. If you rob somebody, you know that's wrong. Adultery, uh, evildoers. Lying. But then, but then, he, but then he like put something that, you know, we consider as optional, you know, fasting. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing to do, and it's encouraged, but there's no set of rules. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you're supposed to fast twice a week as a New Testament Christian. But I'm saying— Or you he, don't know Jesus. and you, you. But he's equating that on the level of not sinning also. not not. I mean, look, it's one thing to not do sin and think you should receive God's favor. It's another thing to take things that are matters of the heart and you then say that you're better than another human because you pray more or you fast more. I mean, that's what he was doing. Sure. So it was it was really all about him. And the point was, it said, the to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody. But I think it's a bigger problem than we think because I think every human has somewhere deep down inside of him this drive to be noticed, to be approved, and to think we're better than other people. It's just you, you, we all are going to struggle with that from when we're kids till they put us in the grave. We want to, yeah. we want to be glorified, and especially other people's view of these people. You know, how, like how how you view them because you think about it, it's really interesting. Because the tax collector doesn't go. He goes up to the temple, but see, he stood at a distance. So he didn't go in. Well, he's ashamed. He's a, he's a sinful. Yeah, he realizes the Lord is near. <laughs> you know Exactly. And in that humility, when he just says, have mercy on me because I'm a sinner, it's interesting that Jesus uses the word, who went home justified. And this is where I think this is more of a subtle little view of a head. We've been having this whole discussion about the temple that a a man who is self-righteous and compares himself to other men to determine his righteousness instead of his humility toward God winds up in a situation where he's in the temple and everybody would think he's the man, but instead it's the other guy who wouldn't even go in the temple who is justified because of his humble heart towards God. So if this isn't a little subtle picture of what Jesus is bringing to the table, I don't know what is. Yeah. I mean, this shows you the flip about what, what's going to happen when it comes to having the right heart or to be in the right place. That's the difference. John 8, Jesus is talking to the people and the heading the, the, the above the, the verse here is the children of the devil. If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? And he's fixing to uncork where all the the source of evil is. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. Now, when you get to this level, it, it's, it's sad. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. So there's Satan that has entered this equation when it comes to sin. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? 
which in all the verses in the Bible, that one there, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? The answer is no. If he sinned, where? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you don't belong to God. Now that right there, when you think about, if you say you've never sinned, you you say, well, I don't sin as much as I used to. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're all sinners. That, that's the big cover-up. Most people who give an image like this, they're trying to cover up what they know deep down is that they're sinful just like me. There's only one. You're right. Only one adult could have ever said, can you prove me guilty of sin? That's why I like self-deprecating humor. You know, I, I, I find it. I find it funny. We we were watching football game last night, and they had uh, it was some ESPN commercial, but they were taking uh, I mean, they had like a line of people, and they were like trying to uh, what do you call it when you're trying out for a job? You're uh, like a job interview. Yeah, it was like job <laughs> interviews, and so this guy had a Baltic Celtics, and they're like. Well, you're not on the list, and he he was he said you know it's he was Jason somebody. Well, I'd never heard of him, and uh, so finally he said it's with a Y, you know. And so he's like, oh oh I see. Well, then I looked him up, and the commercial went off, you know. <laughs> and I was like, well, he won. He he was like uh, NBA whatever player of the year or whatever the Eastern Conference. I was like, I've never heard of this guy, but I thought I like him. Because he agreed to do a commercial and make fun that nobody knew who he was, you know? And Missy yeah, and I were yeah. talking about that. I said, well, what a refreshing commercial. Because usually it's, yeah. I'm the greatest. I'm the best. I'm not like these other mere earthlings. And even with the explosion of social media about getting likes and followers, and now they'll pay you if you get this many people, you know, if you can command attention. Well, you know what that does to people and that deep down inside of us who we want to glorify ourselves? It's like dumping gas on a fire. Yeah. Because I do think that that's, that's our problem. We're, we, we try to cover up our flaws and our mistakes but just through old-fashioned self-exaltation and marketing. Yeah. Because think about it. Most people who come across like this or have the little sports car, there's nothing wrong with having a sports car, you know, but they just have the look. It's usually how it starts off on one of these crime shows, you know, where he's going down the road and next, you know, it's just, it just goes horribly wrong. He said, what happened? He's just a sinner like everybody else and it's an illusion. Because obvious things, you know, you don't go around and tell people, you know, like if you're tall, you don't say, hey, I'm tall. Well, we see that. You don't do that because it's obvious. We go around and we try to act like something we're not. Yep. And when you do that in the church, it's the most dangerous place you can be. And, and you see this because most people, even though we read this and say, oh, I'm like this tax collector. But we're really not. You know, the humility that he was showing is something that, you know, it's hard to get off a piece of paper, you know, when you're reading this. But there's that's why he gets to the end. Speaking of time, just give the Pharisee time and what was going to happen. He, he was going to be humbled, which goes back to our whole uh, idea of God's eternal and we're not. I mean, you know, God is just as good no matter how much time passes. But but we're not. I mean, you just the more time you give us, the worse things are going to happen. And I'm saying, especially if you're separated from God. Yeah, I was going to say, too, I mean, even what we've been talking about um, with this idea of the temple, us being a temple, and like, what, like, what is it? Because I think get into that discussion. Why does it matter? Where did this guy go? Where did, what does it say in the text, Al? Which one? 
The one that you that, that you just read that doesn't say he went into the temple. Yeah, I mean, two men went up to the temple. The yeah. guy, the Pharisee goes in, but the other guy stands at a distance. Yeah, so think about the the what even just this idea that what's happening here is a picture of you can do the right things. Same yeah, thing with the rich young ruler, right? It's it's I've done all the things. I've kept I've kept the law. I've kept the commandments. I've done all the external things. I've 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 obeyed God. But it, but I think what this is getting to is what is the core of the obedience? Is the core of your obedience some kind of superficial earning? That and think about what the temple is. I mean, it's a it, that's a very superficial external. I can put my hand on it. I can touch it. But it's it, it's the external. It's not about the actual land. It's not about the actual stones. It's not about the actual borders. It's not about the 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 external things that you're doing as much as it is about. What is in your heart? And I think Phil was reading earlier out of, was that First John, Second John, or about his First John? I mean, one of the things I think, and I don't have in front of me, I think it even says in there, his commandments are not burdensome. And, and that shows the nature of the type of obedience that I think God's calling us to. It's the obedience of faith that Paul says he came to bring the Gentiles to, the obedience of faith, which is an obedience a faith means that it's, I actually see the commandments as not burdensome. These are not begrudging submissions on our part. That's not what this is. This is not us submitting to God, doing the right things, checking off the box, stacking up our points. That is not what God is calling us to. God is calling us to live and abide in Him. So all of this really flows back into this temple um, idea that that it's presence it's us walking with god being with god experiencing intimacy with god to where we our desires and our hearts and our our wants are shaped and we want something or rather someone different than the lies of the world and oh, i yeah. think that's the core of what's going on here i think it's like the uh the saying goes you got one trusting the plan of salvation and another trusting the person or the man of salvation the yeah. tax collector was looking at a living being that is all knowing and knowing his heart, and he's he's crushed by the way he's been operating, which is which is something yeah. we all have to do at some point in our life when we come to God. We got to be honest. That's it, and you don't have to. He didn't have to be inside that temple to come to this realization. And I think that's a key point. I, I think back of what uh, David said in Psalm 51, when he was unleashing his own humility out of being a hypocrite and a sinner, he said in verse 16, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. Your, your deeds, all these things you're going to bring forward just because they're what you should be doing. He said, you don't want that from me. He said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a yeah. broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. So David was saying in that moment, you want my heart to be seeking you in my own sinfulness, as opposed to me just doing all the deeds that I'm supposed to be doing, burning the sacrifices, going to the temple. So even David, who was this, he was saying this a thousand years before Jesus is telling this parable, realized as a sinner what he was talking about. And this was the king of Israel. So, I mean, it, it shows you God has always desired the heart over going through the motion. Which is what we point to in this podcast all the time. Uh, Jason, I love when you, you do this a lot. It's, it's, we're pointing to a person that the, that the whole of the scripture, all of it is, is coalescing into the person of Jesus. That that is what he said when he met with the Pharisees. You know, you study the scriptures, you think that by them you're saved, but they're all point. It's all coming back to me. I am the way, the truth, the life, and nobody comes to the Father except to me. I think that's why it's when you talk about Jesus in terms of like, oh, you come to Christ. We're not offering a pragmatic solution. We're not saying come to Jesus as a, this is a great way to get your life right. That's not what the, no. This we're saying that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our salvation. He is a personal God. He is a God with a mind. He is a God that's, I mean, this is not an have idea. You noticed, is, have you noticed, Zach, live their life patterned by Jesus? It is, it is a, uh, you, you run into fewer sins from the people around you. They, well, they, it does work. I think that's the thing. It, yeah. it, 
it does work, but it's it only works. You can get the benefits of the kingdom. I think it's possible that people could get the benefits of the kingdom by following the principles of the Bible. But here's the but but then you're you're faced with this reality. I'm still going to die, and then what? And so it's not just a temporary solution, although these principles work because they're rooted in reality, rooted in truth, but it's more than a principle. It's more than like, I hate the term like Christian values. I hate when people use that because it's almost like these are just some, some ideas. No, these right. are some good ideas yeah. that God came up with. And, you know, if you go by these Christian, our Christian values and principles, no, it's we're talking about a person here. Well, that, like we're that, talking about yeah. the lordship of Jesus. We're talking about coming to the yeah. king of kings and saying, you're king. I'm not. Oh, it's you know, so tempting. Yeah, it's so tempting to go to the deeds, and you say, well, I have. look how much less I've sinned. But try that in marriage. I mean, ask your wife, give me the top ten things you want me to do, and you do it, and, and let me know how that works out. Number one, you're not going to be able to do them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to pull it off. And, and number two, it, when you do, you're going to be so puffed up with self-exaltation yeah. that she's not going to be able to stand. She's, she don't want to hear about it anymore. You know, so it's like, I mean, that's something I've had to work on, you know, because my wife would be like, yeah. look, babe, you know, great. Why, why do you, ha- every, you don't have to tell me every th- time you do something awesome. You don't have to tell me about it. I was there. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, I mean, I'm being very uh, transparent because that's, ten- that tends to what we want to do. It's like we either go too high or too low. Yep. You know, I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now the tax collector was humble, but he was heading in the right direction. He he was he was wanting to humble himself before the Lord. But you know, the evil one uses that with equal enthusiasm, saying you're worthless and, and but now, especially in our culture now, it's way too high. It it's oh we can we can be what we want to be. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean it sounds great. Be what you want to be. Yeah, that's not going to work. So, and we're out of time. We're headed over to overtime, but I'll say this as we leave out. He said he was justified. The the Pharisee was justifying himself. Jesus said God was justifying the sinner because of the heart. So I'd rather be justified by God than by myself. So we're going to head into overtime, uh, talk a little bit more about this. It's really interesting context, and especially as he moves forward into another story. Uh, about the rich young ruler we'll get to in the next podcast. So we'll see you in overtime, blazetv.com slash unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.